I was, uh, I was having lunch with my good friend Ryan Wielden a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about our summer schedules and all that, and I mentioned that we were having church in the park on July 14th. And uh, as I talked, I could see his brow furrow, and his, he got kind of a confused look on his face, and he was like, wait, did you say July 14th? And I said, yeah. And he said, we're having church at Pioneer Park on July 14th. And I, and I said, well, uh, maybe we should do it together then, because you guys singing over there and us singing over there would be kind of weird. Uh, so here we are. So as we uh, texted back and forth and talked about today, uh, I kept having the thought in my mind, why have we never done this before? Um, and so hopefully this is the beginning of many years of doing this, uh, either in this context or in our context, in your context, and maybe we can get some of the other churches involved as well, uh, because this is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Uh, how, many, how many of you uh, shook the hand of somebody coming in that went to uh, a different church that you were like, oh, hey, I know them, right? More than raised their hands. We're not a hand-raising society. But we know each other, right? We had, there's cross-pollination, there's a lot of uh, relationships uh, on this bridge and in the back. The funny thing is that all the people that are sitting outside in the sun, uh, I think 97% of them are from Grace. Uh, we have a punctuality issue. And so at 10 o'clock, this bridge was full and it was 85% state and Christian. I thought that was comical. We're working on it. We're working on it. So as we, uh, as we gather together as two different uh, local churches and as we worship Jesus, one of the things that I thought about this week and one of the things that I thought about as we were singing is that even though we meet in two different buildings, roughly a half mile apart every single Sunday, uh, there is so much unity here. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. I'm not going to take a ton of our time. Uh, the guys are back there with the lighters ready to light the barbecues and I'm hungry already because I never eat breakfast on Sunday mornings. And so I'm not going to preach for a long time, but I just wanted to talk about this idea of unity amongst the church. Because typically when we talk about unity, when I talk about unity at Grace, most of the time we're talking about the people that are in that room, right? Not, it's not very often that we get to gather together as a greater body and talk about this idea of unity. So um, when we talk about the idea of unity as a church, sometimes um, this word can be meant to can be made to mean something that it doesn't mean. So when we talk about unity, a lot of times in 2019, we get this picture of um, everybody getting along, nobody judging anyone, uh, everybody, right, tolerance. It's the year 2019, so that word is popular. But when we, when we talk about the idea of unity in the church, that's not what we're talking about. And so what I want to talk about this morning really quick with us together today is the idea of unity as it pertains to the body of Christ. So, in Acts chapter 4, we don't have a screen, so hopefully you guys brought your Bibles. In Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32, it says this, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that, anything, that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. 
Now, I would argue from Scripture, and I'm going to argue from Scripture, that the unity that they had as the body of Christ in those days, this is right after Pentecost, the earliest days of the church, the unity that they had was around one thing. The one thing that Paul said was of first importance. The life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about the idea of unity in the church, we are united around one thing. There's a lot of diversity in this room today. Okay, Age diversity, um, economic diversity, there's a ton of diversity in this room today. There's a lot of differences in our food preferences. There's a lot of differences in the way we live, in our hobbies, in our interests, even theologically. Right? There's a lot of diversity, but we today are gathered and are unified around that which the scriptures tell us is of first importance, and that is the gospel. Right? This, in verse 33, it says, With great power the apostles were giving their testimony to what? The resurrection of Jesus. They were united around the gospel. So in verse 32, he says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. One heart and soul. So state and Christian, Grace Bible Fellowship, we are of one heart and soul. Not just today, not just on Sunday mornings, but from birth to death, as followers of Jesus, we are united. We are of one heart and soul. And so when we gather on special times like today, it's simply a reminder of that fact. That we exist together with a common purpose. Now, what is the purpose? Because I would argue that our unity around that one thing, the gospel of Jesus Christ, has a specific purpose to it, right? When Jesus uh, went back to be with his father, what did he say? Go ye therefore into all the world and do what? Make disciples. That's the great commission. We're making disciples of Jesus, centered again around the gospel of Jesus. We're united around this one thing. It brings us all together because it is the linchpin of eternity. It's the cornerstone, cornerstone of the body of Christ. Without, we ha- without that, we have nothing. With that, we have everything. We are one body, one soul, one heart over this one issue. Their family in relationships, they were followers of Christ in partnership. Okay? Everything that they had, everything that they owned, they considered uh, everyone else's as well. Okay, now this is something that we can continue to grow in, right? We have trouble with this in our home with our kids. I have trouble with this with my kids and with my wife. Sharing is not easy. But the purpose, I think, in saying that was that when you become so unified around something that is so important, the importance of everything else in our lives starts to diminish. Our material possessions and the importance that they have in regards to our identity and our security starts to diminish when our lives are centered on the gospel of Jesus. When we are that unified with a group of people around the gospel of Jesus, everything else starts to fade. So as we gather together and as we we, uh, fulfill our common purpose together, one of the things that's really important We read in John chapter 13, a new commandment, this is Jesus speaking, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
Now, again, as we talk about this idea gathering as two churches, it's not, there's not a center, or there is a center aisle so that we can get in and out, fire safety and all that, right? Um, although there are windows and water. If, you're, you know, if this catches on fire, I'm going that way. Um, but there's not one church over here and one church over here. We're commingled. We're gathering together. And so when we talk about this idea that the world will know us by our love for one another, this, multi-church gatherings, is where this is, I think, when it's most clearly seen. Because there are, there's a couple people in the community that uh, Ryan and I have joked about this before um, that will kind of make jokes about uh, some of the pastors in town being friends. And they'll make comments like, well, isn't that guy your competition? And this is how the world views the church. You've got that church over there, and you've got that church over there, you've got that church over there, and they're all competing for resources. And I have found over my short 40 years of life, but I have found that this attitude permeates the church as well. But when Jesus is speaking of this idea that the world will know us by our love for one another, we have to coexist. And not just coexist, we have to exist in unity with one another. We have to celebrate one another's successes. We have to mourn when others mourn. Because we are not two bodies. We are one. There's only one body of Jesus. And we are centered and united in one thing. And that is the gospel of Jesus. In verse 33 it says again, With great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So now, when you think about the idea of power, right? With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony. When we think about the book of Acts and we think of power, a lot of us go directly to Pentecost and uh, the, the, the miraculous things that took place on that day. But what I want to say about this is, I think what Paul articulates very clearly in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. For everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So, the power of God is the gospel. And so when the, the, it says the apostles with great power were giving their testimony, what was the, what were, where was the power? They didn't have microphones, so there was no power there. Okay, I don't think it was their vocal cords. Where was the power? The power was in the gospel. The power was in what they were speaking. And that's the power that exists in our body. Whether we're at Foothills this morning, whether we're at State and Christian, whether we're at New Life, New Hope. What's the Four Square Church's name? I can't remember. The Four Square Church. Any of the other gospel preaching churches in Staten. That's where the power exists in the gospel. Wherever the gospel is preached, that's where the power exists. And that's the power they had in the book of Acts. The same power that we have today as we preach the gospel. That's the power that transformed the known world. It's estimated by uh, historians that within 25 years, the, the, the church grew from those 25 people to over 100,000. And we know from history that uh, within 300 years that Christianity had actually overtaken the Roman Empire. 
because of the power that exists in the gospel. The power that exists in our being unified, not in common interests or in age or anything else, but we're unified by this one thing, by the gospel of Jesus. In John chapter 17, Jesus prays this prayer uh, not long before his death. Starting in verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those that will believe in me through their word. So Jesus is praying for his disciples, but not only for his disciples, but also for the people that will believe through the word of the disciples, through the testimony, through the preaching of the gospel, by the apostles, by the disciples. Jesus is praying for them as well. And over 2,000 years later, I can look at those words and I, say, I can say that Jesus was praying in that moment directly for you and me. Isn't that amazing? So he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Why are we unified? So so that the world might see Jesus. So the world might find Jesus. So the world might see and find him. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me And love them even as you loved me. Unity and purpose. Doesn't matter what church you attend. Doesn't matter if you meet on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights. Where the gospel is preached. There's unity and purpose. And unity of purpose. Amen? We exist today as one body of Jesus for one reason. And that reason has the power to unite across all barriers, right? In, in, in this, the context of the New Testament, it was Jew and Gentile. And I don't think that we today can probably conjure up a more divisive two words than they had in that day. They hated each other. And yet they were united by one gospel into one purpose. Just as you are united, you and I are united into one gospel and in one purpose. So we can celebrate, we can sing, we can gather, we can eat, we can live our lives in this community, we can run into one another, we can shake hands, we can celebrate. One of my favorite days of the year is 4th of July, not not necessarily because of the fireworks, but because uh, one of the traditions that my wife and I have started, uh, not started, we didn't start it, but have joined since coming here is 4th of July with the Pinch family. It's one of my favorite days of the year. It is so wonderful because I love the Pinch family. I don't want your boat, but I want to go on it. So my hope is today, as we sit here, this is, this is wonderful. I mean, this is amazing. My hope today is that this continues and increases, not just with Grace and State and Christian, but with all the churches in the community, 
I actually was thinking the other day, uh, hopefully next year we fill that field on the other side of the park. Wouldn't that be wonderful? United by one gospel and in one purpose. Amen? Let's pray, and then the band is going to come back up, and we're going to sing some more. Father, we love you. And Lord, we are so thankful to be here today. We are so thankful to be united in you, Father. We are your family. We have been bought with the blood of your son, Jesus. And we are held tightly in your hands. Nothing can remove us. Nothing can separate us. Not that half mile that exists between our churches. Not the idea of competition that we get from the world. Nothing can separate us, Father, because you have united us in your love. What a wonderful thing to celebrate. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.